Hello and welcome to Wine Splending DTSP. We are coming to you live from beautiful downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm Heidi, one third of Wine Splending, along with Tara. And I'm Courtney. And the three of us were all students of wine, studying in our own ways, some for a long period of time, some for a short period of time. And when we found each other, we realized it goes a lot better when we combine forces. <laughs> so come and join Wine Splaining DTSP as we taste the world and St. Petersburg and learn all about wine. Okay, so today we are tasting our way through the six varieties of Italian wine that we need to know for the certified exam. So we've got two whites and four reds, and we're not blind tasting these because we think it's pretty obvious what um, each wine is going to be because of the way the wines are structured. But we're going to be tasting them along the deductive tasting format as if we were blind tasting. What we're specifically looking for today is Kind of reverse engineering the deductive tasting format in the sense of like okay what about this wine would tip me off that this is what it should be you know so looking for markers on uh, nose and on palate and hoping that they line up with you know what the experts have to say about it <laughs> perfect so on that note let's get started all right our first wine of the evening is an alto adige pinot grigio uh, Santa Silvana in Villa. So we will get started with the appearance. So on site, what color are we getting here? Getting pale straw. Yeah, straw to yellow. Mm -hmm. It's extremely pale, which tells us that this is probably not aged, um, probably not oaked. Pretty no. water white on the edges, so... Yeah. It's a young wine. Great. And tearing, there's some, but let's come back to that. Um, yeah, tearing to me, like, as a starting point, it doesn't tell me very much. It sometimes tells me more after I've dug into the wine a little bit farther. All right. Um, anything else that we need to notice here? No obvious gas, flaws, any matches. Great. Smell it. Anything sticking out to you immediately? I mean, my first thought was mineral, mm -hmm. minerality. Um, although that's not a descriptor. <laughs> so to dig deep, yeah. uh, wet rock, wet mm -hmm. stone. Um, and not petrichor per se. Not, which I love that you taught me that, Tara. Like, I, I feel like I use it all the time now. <laughs> but as Tara uh, defined it for me, petrichor is um, that smell you get after a rain shower. So everything's wet, but it's drying off and a little bit of ozone -y. To me, this is like wet rock, like the kind you would find by a creek or, or a river. So walk, or a rock that is perpetually wet, if you will. <laughs> Perfect. Anything else that's sticking out? Might be getting a little honey on the nose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that, Heidi, because I was actually like, in my in my brain, I was saying, like, is it wooly? And I'm like, but that's not it. <laughs> it's some sort of secondary aroma. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not fruit, not mineral. So yeah, I think yeah. honey nailed it. Thank okay. you. And uh, then and I lemons. think the elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lemons. Yeah, lemon. Lots of lemons. 
And like my uh, favorite wine podcaster, Elizabeth, says on Wine for Normal People, uh, she always makes this great visual comparison for me that Pinot Grigio is like alcoholic lemon water. And I feel like just <laughs> looking at it, it has stuck with me since the first time I heard it because you'd take a whiff of this and you'd get alcohol up your nose. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, we didn't mention that, but I, I think we're all yeah, getting some aerosolized alcohol. Yes. Like, I was like, oh man, that's like right up in my nasal passages. You can <laughs> feel it in your face. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and then you get lemons. And so I think that maybe the minerality that we're tasting here points to the specific region, but the the great variety. We haven't even tasted it yet. We just yeah, smelled yeah. it. It's actually it's it's so strange. It's such a, a relatively strong aroma. It's very that I almost feel like I can taste it in my nose, and that's not yeah, a thing. Yeah, but thing. I feel like I can. <laughs> and by the way, that's my favorite saying from now on: alcoholic lemon water. Yeah, yeah it's remember that. that for the exam if you get a Pinot Grigio. <laughs> okay, so. Um, we've got some minerality, we've got wet stones, we've got lemon, we've got some alcohol, we've got a little bit of honey. Let's take a sip and see if it matches what we're smelling. Okay. So, it's actually not a whole lot here. It's mostly texture. I'm not getting a lot of taste. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think you have to fight really hard to get that. I am I'm getting more of that honey mm-hmm. that you're talking about on the palate, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um if you're digging deep, maybe some some salt, some salinity for sure. Yeah. Those bear snacks, apple chips. Mm-hmm. Um like cr- crunchy. Yes. I think crunchy apple is what I'm kind of getting at. So we know that this is a Pinot Grigio, but if we didn't know, where else could we go with this? Well, when I first smelled it, um, my brain for a second was like, okay, I could see where maybe I would confuse like the strength of the aroma, which is really just aerosolized alcohol and the, the minerality for, okay, maybe Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, I'm not sold on any initial conclusion at just the smell, but mm-hmm. I think in my brain I would have having a dim light bulb kind of go off in that direction. But in all fairness, I don't drink a lot of Sauvignon Blanc personally. And I also don't drink a lot of Pinot Grigio personally. So I think if I really did blind this, I would have a tough time yeah. because how, where do I go? <laughs> I mean, so, okay. The most common grape. So you just mentioned Sauvignon Blanc. I think that the acidity, you know, helps mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, having tasted it, I, I Sauvignon Blanc is off the table for me. To me, it's Why like... Why did you take Sauvignon Blanc off the I table? think it's the acid. Even though this has a lot of acid and this is uh, juicy, it, it, it doesn't have that acid that I always get from Pinot Grigio. And I think, you know what, to, to really get technical with it, this doesn't have any pyrazines. Mm-mm. And no. Sauvignon Blanc should. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sometimes I have to get out of the way of my own bias which is I don't drink a lot of Sauvignon Blanc. I don't drink a lot of Pinot Grigio. And sometimes the easiest way for me to do that is to kind of really dig down into the science of it. So Heidi, you were mentioning something about terpenes, which I'm less familiar with. So terpenes are going to be, have a, it's going to give the wine a spicy character. Um, you're going to get more floral, more roses. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody told me this is Albarino from Reyes Bosch's, I wouldn't, argue. I mean, uh, cause I could see the salinity is there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It it doesn't have the floral notes though, but it does have this. I mean, similar acidity. And I think body too. And body. Body and acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not too far off. No. Okay. So it doesn't have the terpenes. It doesn't have the pyrazines. So we're saying this is kind of a, a pretty neutral wine that we're drinking right now. Going to another common neutral wine, Chardonnay. Um, couldn't this be an unoaked Chardonnay? Why not? I mean, it, it could maybe. Um, I, I think the, the prominent unoaked Chardonnay that jumps to my mind, of course, is Chablis, um, which does have a lot of that minerality, mm-hmm. that wet rock. Maybe instead it, of lemon, it's more lime. But what about the acidity? I don't think it would be this high, would it? Chablis I, has decent acidity. I, Chablis decent. has pretty good acidity, which is one of the reasons why, you know, that, that is actually one of the Chardonnays I really love. I think the difference for me, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, besmirch Pinot you know, Grigio or anything, but I think I would just get a couple more notes mm-hmm. from Chardonnay, you know, on the nose, on the palate. Yeah. Like we were talking about the Pinot Grigio is just giving me a lot of texture, but not a lot of flavor. Yeah. I think you usually get, for me, I get way more apples on mm-hmm. Chardonnay than I do on Pinot Grigio, where it's like I get apple heavy on Chardonnay, I get uh, lemon heavy on Pinot Grigio. Mm -hmm. And then I think Chardonnay, because of that, like, it's almost like a warmer Mm -hmm. um, version. And so I think you start getting into those stone fruits and you get a little peach or nectarine um, sometimes. Yeah, this is kind of a shy wine. I mean, I would say it's like drinking alcoholic lemon water. (laughs) I mean, it's lemon and it's acid. Yeah, it's just very drinkable. It's very just like, throw it back. It's not that it doesn't have a finish. But it's not very complex. You don't think about it. Like I just take my next sip. You know, I, I don't. Yeah. It's not pausing. You know, causing me to, to it's not stop a thinking. Why? It's not. Mm-hmm. But and I that's what Pinot Grigio is for me. Kind of. <laughs> it's like I don't want to think about it. I just want to drink it. <laughs> Which we think that this would be a great pairing wine with food because you've got that acidity to mm-hmm. cut through some, you know, mm-hmm. delicious fats and maybe some cheeses um, or some oils, and you don't have to really think about it so that your food will become the star. So. Um, try this out with some delicious Italian food. For sure. And, and Pinot Grigio, uh, you, you gotta say, there is nothing more of a people pleaser than Pinot It makes everybody happy. No one is offended or upset with Pinot Grigio. I think some of us get snobby about it. <laughs> which are like, oh, that's a Pinot Grigio. But let's be honest, Alto Adige Pinot Grigio, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And for those in my family or in my friend group that maybe like are tired of my weird wines, <laughs> Sometimes you have to drink for the group, not for yourself. Right. A great point. Yeah. You know what I would totally eat with this is shrimp scampi. Some mm-hmm. linguine and lots of garlic. I think, that would be I think this amazing. would cut that garlic and that butter. Yeah. And especially because so, um, garlic is such a strong flavor that sometimes you want to pair it with a wine that you're like, you know what, garlic, you could be the star of the show. Yeah. And Pinot Grigio is definitely friendly like yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so that was the Alto Adige uh, Pinot Grigio. Let's check out our next one. All right, so we are on our second Pinot Grigio of the evening. Um, this one is, producer's name is Cabalani. Uh, this one is from Fruili. Um, this is, obviously, notice something different. We've already poured it in our glass, but immediately we saw that there is some gas evidence, which is, we're very intrigued about. <laughs> yes, so every once in a while you get a white wine and you pour it and mm-hmm. you get a little 
bit of gas for like a second, but we could, we put our ears to it. We could hear the yes. little bubbles coming to the surface. And let me say, see. I have never stuck my ear in my wine glass before, <laughs> but you definitely could hear it. In the name of science. <laughs> in the name of wine. <laughs> I will listen to it. All the senses, everybody. That's All right. the senses. Uh, but while we were sitting here, it's, like, it's still, it's still coming off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not bubbles like a sparkling wine bubbles, but definitely an effervescence yeah. to the wine. I mean, at this point, now that we've opened it and poured it, it looks like most of the gas has been released. Like if this had been poured and allowed to sit for about three, four minutes, mm -hmm. and then someone showed me the glass, I don't know that I would particularly see it or pick it out. I probably wouldn't stick my ear no. in it to hear because I've never yeah. heard any of my wine before. <laughs> at a restaurant, by the time it gets to your table, it's... You Probably know, gone. It's gone. So, okay. Okay. So as far as sight. All right. Looking at it and maybe because I am looking for it, I can still see the remnants of just a couple of the mm -hmm. finest, finest, mm -hmm. finest little bubbles. Right on the surface. Yeah. It's almost like they're floating like a sediment, but they're bubbles. Yeah. Um, again, this one is super, super pale. I mean, almost. It's almost clear. Almost. Yeah, like water bright. clear. Yeah. Any tinge of green or silver? I would say silver. Silver. Yeah. Just because it's so white. All right, let's go to the nose. Hmm. There's like a, a brightness to it. Not getting as much off this nose no. as I did on the last one. No, not at all. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's just that sensation of alcohol again. But it's weird that I'm experiencing it a little bit differently than I did um, the Alto Adige. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not getting that um, alcoholic no. smell or it's, feel. It's like a crisp smell, but I think the only reason why I'm getting it is because the alcohol is bringing it to me. Yeah, it almost gets like the smell of mineral water. Like, if, you know, if you yes. open a bottle of... Um, yes. Which can be a little frizzy sometimes, mm -hmm. like natural... Mm -hmm. um, What's that really great bottle of Italian Pellegrino? Yeah, Pellegrino. This smells like Pellegrino. I keep running into things I don't drink and experience very much. I, I, I've never really drunk sparkling mineral water. Oh, I would drink bubbly water for the rest of my life. See, I'd rather have alcoholic bubbles. <laughs> Good point. Any fruit? Barely. Uh, I'm getting some sort of yeah. like um, yeasty. Oh, okay. Something. Would this yeah. be an aspect of honey, like we picked up in the Alto Adige, or are you experiencing it completely differently, Tara? No, I don't. I mean, maybe very, very, very faint. I'd say more honey than fruit because I'm not getting. Yeah, I feel like if there's any fruit here, it's it's like it's just the pith. You know, yeah. it's just like rinds, maybe just the oils. Like mm -hmm. I, it's it's not. It's not whole. It's not like I just cut the lemon. Like it felt like the previous Pinot Grigio was like. Yeah, and Heidi, you just said peach. peach. Like I'm getting like like almost peach blossom or peach like blossom. peach fuzz or something that's just like ever so slightly reminiscent of peach. Mm -hmm. It's like the suggestion of peach. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the light. You, okay. <laughs> not to get too weird. It is a little like. Has anyone ever seen those memes or those those funny things about uh, LaCroix or LaCroix? <laughs> the the really popular flavored bubble water. I've drank a lot of LaCroix yes. in my life. I, again, don't drink LaCroix. <laughs> but Do you know the memes. 
Well, and my my boyfriend loves it, and my roommates have loved it, and all my friends love it, and they keep getting me to try it. And I've tried a couple, and it made me laugh because when I ran across these memes, it's like, you know, watermelon LaCroix. We thought about watermelon for a second and then, <laughs> and then canned it. <laughs> or, you know, like uh, lime or lemon LaCroix. We put a lime next to the can. <laughs> Like, I feel like I feel like it's That's the suggestion so of each in this way. Okay, but I am I am getting um, like a tart tart mm -hmm. lemon on it as well. Yeah, like maybe a touch under right. Mm hmm. All right, let's taste it. Enough discussion. Hmm. Hmm. Whoa. I would say this has. Phenolic bitterness. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like more like than the other one. one. Like yeah. That was the first thing I got was kind of like an almond esque, but like the well, almond fruit, not the almond nut. Well, that like throws me for loop for Pinot Grigio because I always thought Pinot Grigio kind of does it. <laughs> A phenolic bitterness, maybe just for you, Pinot Grigios do. I'm getting more honey on this too than the last one. This, yes, this has almost that um, honeycomb, waxy. Maybe? Yeah. yeah, again, honey, with the natural honey on the unfiltered. Texture, yeah. On the texture, too. Like, my, my mm -hmm. tongue feels like I might have just eaten some honeycomb with that wax. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because there is, I don't think it's residual sugar, but there is something sweet, almost. Yeah, like all viscous. You know, I... I jumped to my LaCroix joke so soon, but the other thing we also talked about was peach blossom, which would imply terpenes, like mm -hmm. we just talked about. Again, another thing that I didn't think Pinot Grigio could have, but if we're talking about relative level of terpenes, it's a hint. But I would say this one reminds me more of some of those other, like an Albarino, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the acidity or that apparent acidity like the last one did, but it's still there. Um, that acidity is actually kind of lingering on my tongue rather than being like a racy feeling in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting a lot of heat in the back of my throat, like mm -hmm. still just like a pretty significant experience of alcohol, both in nose and palate. What's the so this one's thirteen percent? Okay. Okay, so half half a step higher yeah. than the other one. What is it about Pinot Grigio that makes me experience alcohol in it more? Like, like it it feels and more more alcoholic more than. I mean, I think that that like you said, that is a little higher in alcohol than you get on a lot of white wines. So mm -hmm. maybe just um, atypical for white wines, but it's not it's not that unusual. But also, it's like such a light wine otherwise that I think that maybe the alcohol just dominates the flavor because there's nothing else to balance it out because I was just thinking Chardonnay's 12 5 13 that's not unusual so you get a lot of fruit to balance that out and and it's rounder and softer and mm -hmm. you know Sauvignon Blancs you get the the pyrazines and the acid yeah you know what this also has and I'm just getting is like a yeasty lager okay Component. Yeah, I got that on the nose more. Yeah. So why is Friuli giving us all this? I mean, it's it's not that far from Alto Adige, but having tasted both of these back to back, they're pretty different. My expectation for the Friuli Pinot Grigio was that it was going to be more fruity, 
um, and a rounder feel just because I've had the very few other wines that I've had from this region were more like that. Like I, I was Why pleasantly the rounder surprised. Feel? I think because they were, it was more fruity and the fruit was a little bit riper. Whereas this is again, okay. like extremely lean and linear to me. Um, that's funny because we were just talking about the lemons being underripe, but I agree like fruitier, i.e. riper mm -hmm. would be rounder. Also from this region or this area, actually fruity, malolactic fermentation is something that they do. So that can affect. Not full mellow, right? Could that have anything to do with that evidence of gas? Because, no, okay, not, not to totally derail the discussion or whatever, but I keep thinking about that. I've always been taught that there's a couple of ways that happens, you know, unfined, unfiltered wines, mm -hmm. which have leftover, um, you know, higher residual sugar, maybe some leftover yeast that can cause secondary fermentation in the bottle. Uh, you have wines like Vino Verde from Portugal, where they actually force carbon a little right. to <laughs> preserve acid and freshness. I would actually kind of, Maybe lean that way. Maybe a little. I don't think. I don't know if they would combination. And I don't think mallow. Yeah, mallow does doesn't that cause that. It's just changing no. the acid from one to yeah. the other. So, I I would think that this is a little bit of secondary fermentation. Okay. Um, unintentional, or maybe they said, well, if it happens, that's fine because mm -hmm. this is supposed to be a light, fresh, crisp wine, and so mm -hmm. this doesn't hurt, that that gas doesn't hurt your experience of this, where it mm -hmm. might in something, some other type of wine. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with that. Yeah. So going back to what else this could be, be or how we would know, I mean, well, let's, let's put in a little bit here. So um, I have some experience with the level two uh, test. I did take it once. It did not pass. That's okay. I comfort myself with the fact that master Psalms have not passed everything the first time. That's right. <laughs> Um, I also, uh, and I'll go into this when we do biographies a little later, but it was really stupid when I decided to take my level two. I, I, the, the, the planning and the timing of it was really poor and that was on me. However, I learned a lot of things. One of the top things I learned was they'll never tell you if you get the answer right on a blind tasting. And it's not actually important that you do get the answer right. They want to see that your descriptors match. And I think for me, unless it's screaming at me that it's Albarino or Tarantes, if I'm, a, if I'm given a neutral wine like this with a lot of lemon notes to it and a high experience of alcohol, you're just always going to need to default to Pinot Grigio. And the only Pinot Grigios they're going to give you on a level two are going to be from Italy. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, you can get a Pinot Gris from Alsace. Right. So That's true. Let's talk about that. Pinot Gris <laughs> and Pinot Grigio are the same grape. I think the original name is Pinot Gris because the grape mm -hmm. did originate in France. It's from the Alsace region. Um, we have not gotten to that in our tasting. So keep tuning in and you'll hear us taste that at some point in the near future. Um, I think for me... I've heard a lot that Pinot Grigio is that more lemon water lean style and whereas Pinot Gris gets more into the, the tree fruits and stone fruits and maybe a little bit more floral. When I taste Pinot Gris, I expect it to taste pink. And I know that sounds really weird, but I <laughs> learned Pinot Gris from drinking Oregon Pinot Gris. 
and I, it's just, uh, even in the bottle, it has this pink tinge to it that I think is so beautiful. That's not a deductive tasting girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but um, it'll be interesting when we when we get it to will that be. because I don't. I have a feeling it's not going to taste anything like these two wines. You know, what? I have to do a, a a refresher when we get there. So throw one of these back up in the lineup yes. just to see if we can yeah. pull it out. So can we pick a Pinot Grigio from a Pinot Gris? I will say one of the things I do know about Pinot Gris is they tend to be harvested later. They're deliberately going for a touch of a of a riper mm -hmm. late harvest style mm -hmm. on a Pinot Gris, whether it be American or French, mm -hmm. which creates a that rounder mouthfeel mm -hmm. again. So yeah, pink. Yeah, something to keep in mind. <laughs> I don't know what pink means. If it's not rosé, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one? I guess we'll just drink this when we're in a crowd and stick to our other varietals when we're being snobby about our wine. <laughs> That's the consensus here at this table. Not snobby. You know, nerdy. Not particular. Appreciate about our wine. I'll go through you. I'll, I'll go through <laughs>